Wilson, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, puttering in the backyard and making it look cool, Mr. Erica Robertson. Good morning. Hi. I am so excited that you, Eric, are here and that you listening are here. This is episode 126. I'm calling it Allison's Storytime. I'm going to share with you some only slightly traumatic childhood stories. I say slightly because like they're very mild in the trauma department, but that end, they affected me greatly in my life. Okay, but here's here's the reasoning behind this episode. I don't know about you, Eric, but lately I have not wanted to listen to anything to improve myself. Mm -hmm. This is like not usually how I feel. Yeah, you've you've uh you just want stories. Well, but how do you feel usually? Like what are you listening to right now? Uh, I'm listening to a Brandon Sanderson book and then I I still listen to Eckhart Tolle regularly. And I mean, yeah, I've got some Tara Brock. I'm listening to Radical Acceptance here and there, but I just, I loved my Cormor and Strike series written by Robert Galbraith, aka J.K. Rowling. I loved it so much and I've been so sad since it ended and I've just found myself wanting stories and maybe because stories are connection or stories are distraction and we didn't do a podcast episode last week, was the which was the first time in a long time that we've missed a week and it was honestly just because... I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like, (laughs) I didn't feel like it, which usually I don't take as an excuse, but because I kind of just wanted to assess what is it that I want to bring. I often love to bring what it is I want to receive. I find that that creates really valuable content. And so this is, this is to serve two parts. One, I'm just going to tell you some fun stories. Of course, there will be some life lessons. You might learn something, but that's beside the point. I'm just going to tell you some, some stories for the fact of stories can be fun. Stories can draw connections in your own mind. And then I would just love to hear from you guys. I am super open to doing things differently. I'm super open to trying new things. We loved doing our read along of the four agreements, which was like a four-part series. I just would love to hear what you guys think would be helpful and beneficial to you. You can shoot us an email at awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. That's Allison with one L. I just would love to hear from you if you have any ideas and if you like the stories. If not, that's fine too. So I was asking Eric, what stories did you think I should share? What's one of your favorite of my stories? Was it kickball? Yeah. This Okay. So here's this. <laughs> He giggles meanly when I say this one. Okay, so growing up, as you may have heard on the podcast, growing up, I was a rounder child. I have a lot of things having to do with that. And that starts to be noticed by other children in, well, as early as elementary school. I'm not very coordinated. I'm like coordinated in that like I can do my nonsense dancing, but like Eric and I rode bikes together how many years ago? It hasn't happened much since because of this, but we were on the Provo River Trail (laughs) before we had kids and it's like completely flat and there's not many bends. And I heard a crash. I looked back and she had like run into some bushes on the side of the trail. And we were the only ones there. And I couldn't I couldn't figure out what happened. I had this boyfriend in college and he was like this hardcore backcountry skier. And he could not accept. 
he could not accept that, like, I really didn't want to ski or go skiing. And I'm like, no, I'm not good at it. And I was running marathons at the time. Like, I'm in good shape. I'm athletic, but I did not want to go skiing. So he insists on taking me skiing. And now I just wouldn't go. But, you know, younger Allison was like, okay, I'm going to go with my boyfriend. So we go skiing. That's how she sounded. Yeah, just like that. It was so annoying. So (laughs) we go skiing and he knows everybody on the mountain because he's like this, oh, hey, hey, what's up? Oh, no, no, ski, pow, pow. And he's all like. (laughs) And that's how he sounded. He actually does sound like that, if you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) He's the nicest guy. Okay. And so he is like, he was embarrassed because he's going on like the easy slopes and like he's like this like ski god takes me on these super easy slopes and much like the bike I just like fall down the mountain my ski comes off and like I think I fell and then somebody ran into me I'm like laying on the mountain and he throws off he has to throw off both of his skis and come like running up the hill Anyway, so this is my history with sports. So it all starts in about third, fourth grade. I want to say it was like fourth grade. We were playing kickball at recess. We had learned how to play it in PE. So we're playing kickball in recess. It's the cool thing to do. So, you know me, I'm super cool. So I'm playing kickball and we're choosing teams. The story of my life is me standing in the group waiting for the teams to be chosen and always, always being last one to be picked. The only time I would get picked not last is if one of my friends was dating one of the cool boys and the cool boys pick the teams and they would like maybe, you know, when they felt comfortable after like four or five people had been picked kind of said like, hey, will you, will you do me a solid and pick Allison? So that's how I would get, that's how I would get on the team. You guys, this is really sad actually. So we just really had a PE lesson on kickball. So we've all just been playing kickball together and it's recess and we're going to play kickball and I'm standing there and it's you know same old same old it's time to pick the teams my friend Sarah and I won't say her last name because I actually wrote this story in a local magazine one time and she emailed me because I guess that magazine had been put online and she said when she was going in for job interviews like this was the only thing that came up because I used her full name (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like the internet was like new-ish and I didn't get that by using her full name, like people could search it. So she's like going in for job interviews and her name in this story is what comes up. Okay, so my friend Sarah, Sarah Z, my friend Sarah Z, she had said, oh, you guys, I think I sprained my ankle. I can't play kickball. But Sarah was really cool. She had somebody she was related to on 90210. I just give away her full name. (laughs) Okay, so Sarah's like, oh guys my ankle sprained I can't I can't play kickball so we're getting down to the bottom and they're pretty big teams we're getting down to the bottom they're they can only take one person to make the teams even me and Sarah who said she couldn't play were the last people left they look at me this is seriously so sad but Eric is laughing so hard already (laughs) they look at me and they look at Sarah and they say Sarah are you sure you can't play (laughs) (laughs) 
this is, I'm going to start crying. Okay, so then what happens is I start crying because actually like our elementary school went up to fifth grade. This had to have been fourth or fifth grade because this is like such a solid memory in my mind. So I was like at least nine or 10, okay? Isn't that crazy? Like I, I can still picture the field. I can picture the track. I can picture the nine square courts, the handball courts and like where the bathroom was. And I can like still picture that like straight shot of me running from the field where they were going to be playing kickball to the bathroom. And so I start crying, but I don't want anyone to see that I'm crying. So I run from the field and I go, okay, you know, and, and they play kickball. So I run from the field to the bathroom and I go into the bathroom and I'm crying. And I remember, I think what actually happened just goes to show that people, we suck at a young age. We all suck at a young age. They played a round of kickball while I was crying in the bathroom. And then after they had played kickball, my friends came and found me in the bathroom. Sarah, with her supposedly sprained ankle, came and found me in the bathroom and some other friends. And they were like, oh, and I was like, oh, it's okay. I just really had to go to the bathroom. And they were like, oh, it's a good thing you didn't get picked because you would have like had to like maybe pee your pants or something and I was like haha and that's my story of, <laughs> that's, that's literally the story of the girl with the sprained ankle it's an enduring classic getting picked for kickball over me what lessons have I learned from this story well I'd say the main lesson is don't use people's first and last names on the internet when you tell incriminating stories of them in their childhood because that's not a nice thing to do. Because I'm not even blaming Sarah. We were like nine or ten. It really stuck with me. But honestly, I think it's one of the reasons why um, lots and lots of scenarios like that, I have lots of like... You know, you, you despise team sports, and I'm sure this had something. Oh to do my with gosh, that. I do despise team sports. I've actually really never made the connection. Well, you don't like despise other people playing it. No, just the, you playing. I have sports. a really hard time with team sports because I don't like um, letting people down, and I feel like if I'm on a team, I'm just gonna let people down. Which okay, life lesson: if you have a kid, or maybe you're this way, I think it's one of the reasons I'm a strong leader. Nobody picked me for their team, so I had to make my own team or your own. Show. <laughs> or my own show. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time with team sports. So I was a really anxious kid. I have another Allison being anxious story. But but here's here's the point. Where's the point? There's a little bit of hope. Let's add a little bit of hope with that really sad story. Other than honestly, things like that, like I think we see if something like that happened to Ginger, my nine-year-old, like I just can't emotionally handle anything like that happening to her, right? That sounds like so And we awful. would never know because she wouldn't tell us. She wouldn't tell us because she doesn't say anything. She just looks at us and watches 30 seasons of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Um, yeah, she really wouldn't tell us. But aside from that, like, it comes down to... I like myself and I like who I am and I know that I'm doing what I can in this world. I remember like feeling so stressed out. I don't want Ginger to have to go through this. I don't want Ginger to have to go through that because it was something that I went through as a child, like feelings I had as a kid. And then I stopped and was like, worst case scenario, she like gets strong in the way that I've been made strong because of those trials. I think it's a great case And that's scenario. that's what I'm saying. Like that's not an actual worst case scenario. It's like we want to protect all of our loved ones. And I think this is actually like a relevant conversation so 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 
many women I've talked to, especially when I did my live mini course last week about overcoming overwhelm, so many moms specifically said they were so overwhelmed because they were trying to make things a certain way for their kids. And I just kept saying, that's a false sense of control. That's that like you're trying to control your kids' feelings, basically, in that scenario. Guys, look, I turned out great and, you know, maybe not to some people, but to other people, they think I'm great. So this is great. Like, it's all going to work out. Another story of my greatness is the flute recital. I feel like this is a good one. Another, I, another classic. This, you guys, I've had to learn so much from these things. So I took flute lessons growing up. I'm not like Eric. I'm not a real talented musician. But to be fair, I also like hardly practiced. Like I said I was practicing, but was I really practicing? Probably not. So I took all these flute lessons. There was like some sort of theory test that you could do to like you you took all these tests and you like played scales and my flute teacher Lily Lazari I'm gonna throw her name it's such a good name my flute teacher Lily Lazari she decided that I should like do the level that was like a couple years under me right so like let's say I was like probably 12 or 13 I was probably 13 or 14 actually let's say I'm 13 or 14 I was playing at like maybe a nine or 10 year old level, right? Like she had me do those tests. So it was like, but because I was doing a level for these little tests to like see what level you're at, I did really well because I did like really simple ones. And I was invited to play my flute solo at a special concert in San Francisco. So I'm already feeling, oh my gosh, this is literally the story of my life. I'm feeling not good enough to be there because there must be some mistake in why I'm there. And it's that I played a piece that was too easy for my age. That's the only reason why they invited me, right? So we're already starting off on a really good foot. And this is, I didn't really realize how much anxiety I had. I didn't realize how much anxiety I had until I was in my 20s. But my mom and my sister and I, we go to San Francisco for this little flute recital and it's at like a fancy hotel and it's in a big ballroom and you do the run through with the accompanist so the piano accompanist test it out and I'm like okay this is going to be good so we turn it into yeah I'm like 13 or 14 we turn it into this like really really special like really so lucky I got to do things like this weekend in San Francisco with my mom and my sister we made up a taxi song like hey taxi come this way and we will give you lots of pay see I still remember the taxi song that we would sing when we were hailing taxis. So I'm really, really anxious, really, really anxious about doing my my flute solo. Feeling really silly because it's, you know, people are up there. And to be fair, people really were a lot better than me. <laughs> to be fair, these were really talented, intense flautists. Andrea had a Game Boy, which for those of you youngins is like a Nintendo Switch, and she was playing Tetris. So we're at this really long concert. Andrea's playing Tetris, and then it's my turn. We were sitting towards the back of this big reception hall. I go up, and it's time to play my song. And I'm the thing about the flute is it requires your breath, but I'm really anxious and really nervous, so I'm having a really hard time having a really hard time getting the notes out. So I start playing and I get off from the um, accompanist, the pianist. And then once I'm off, 
I just start spiraling. And now it's it's only funny in some ways when I don't realize like I was actually having an anxiety attack is yeah. what was happening. Yeah. But I didn't think I was, nobody thought I was having an anxiety attack. So it's just it's like a ha ha, Allison's so insane. But like, these are the stories of my life. Okay, so I'm standing up there and as I get more and more off with the accompanist and I can't figure out how to get back on. So the piano player's playing one thing. I'm not lining up. I start crying while I'm playing the flute in front of there's probably like two or three hundred people in the room so I'm that's like the sound of the flute but like I can't breathe and tears, tears, are, like, are, tears are streaming down my face I can't get to the end of the song I can't even fathom what all of these people are thinking because I don't remember anybody in the room I only remember the piano player and me trying to play the song because I was having an anxiety attack I'd like to say I get done I cannot control this impulse I'm I'm crying and I am so embarrassed I my mom is looking at me Andrea my sister is playing Tetris and she was doing she was on a really high level so she didn't want to stop playing so she's playing Tetris the whole time I'm having a meltdown in front of hundreds of people and I am walking picture the long like hall like the long like aisle and I look at my mom and I go out 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 like i start screaming we need to get out so <laughs> <laughs> like a fire there's a fire <laughs> because i'm having a nervous breakdown i'm like out like i start soft and like a normal person but then i just kind of lost it right and i'm like out out and as i'm walking closer and closer i'm like saying to her like you need to get up and get out like we have to leave like get out get out get out but andrea is on the game boy so my mom figures out what's going on and they're trying to get to the door but andrea won't get off the game boy and we can't get the door open because andrea is still trying to play tetris And we're stuck at the door while I'm like hyperventilating and crying. Okay, so that's what happened. But then, but then, but then, as I was hyperventilating and crying and so embarrassed in the lobby, just like, I have to die now. Okay, because I'm like 13, 14, like you're gonna, that's like, you're social, like you're gonna have to die at that point is what it feels like, you know? And my mom let me cry and freak out. And then she's like, hey, we have had one of the best trips of our life. We went to Chinatown. We got Manny Petties. You did the taxi song. You know, she brought up all the things that, that were really good. She said, we have had one of the best trips of our life. It has been so much fun. She was like, we can leave here and go have some more fun. We'll go to a fun dinner. And this happened, but this doesn't have to be the trip. Apparently that stuck with me because it's a couple years later. It's <laughs> cough over 20. And I still remember that. And it was such a valuable lesson. These really, really hard or the tantrum or the anxiety attack or, you know, the things that happen to us in our life. It's it's not that we just forget about them. It's not that we don't acknowledge them. It's not that we go, hey, that sucked, you know, and maybe more than sucked. Maybe that was freaking downright the worst for things much more than a flute recital. But it does not have to define our experience. It does not have to define who we are in our experience. I get on stage and speak to, I think the biggest stage I've been on is 5,000 people. I have had to work really, really hard 
with my anxiety and my stage fright, feelings of worthlessness afterwards and the anxiety. I, I was talking to someone and they're like, oh, you, you probably crash so hard after you do a keynote. And I was like, you know what? I used to. I used to crash for a month and then I used to crash for weeks. And now I... I don't even know if I'd say I crash. Sometimes I do, like depending on what's going on, you know, or how I feel I maybe did or didn't do. But, oh, like the progress is possible. And I I just shared, I shared a clip from a keynote that's getting quite a bit of views right now. Somebody said to me on it, basically the gist of it is you get to show up as you are. You get to show up as you are. And she said, I had somebody say to me in one of my jobs where I was training people, literally, I say this in the keynote, they said, they literally said to me, you need to button that up, that bubbly personality. We don't need that for this job. And she said, I really wonder if I can do what I love and and as me. And I got in the comment section and I just was like, I know without a doubt that you not only can do what you want in this world as you, but it's not the only way you'll be successful because there's a lot of people who are successful and they don't really fully show up as themselves. They sh- they've showed up as a very carefully curated version of who they think they need to be in order to be successful, right? But it's the only way you'll feel successful. The only way you're going to feel successful is if you show up as you. I am continuously practicing knowing the truth, because I know it's a truth, but remembering the truth and tapping into and acting from the truth that who I am in this moment is enough. And another woman left a comment on that video and said, oh yes, this is so good. I have to remember that accepting myself is the key to becoming a better version of myself. And I said, no, 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 sweet friend. You You are already the best version of yourself right now in this moment. This moment, there's no arrival point. There's no arrival of better because then you'll spend your whole life living in the future and chasing something that you never arrive at and you never feel good enough. Does that make sense? So I hope that you enjoyed story time. (laughs) That I did. And... um. You know, all of these things, they contribute to who we are. And I don't know. Hopefully you got something out of it. If nothing else, I hope you were entertained and distracted from whatever it was you wanted to be entertained or distracted from. But I'm always going to trick you. I'm always going to sneak it in there that really at the end of the day, the pause, the pause and sitting with the truth of who you are in this moment, sitting with what the the truth of what your feelings are in this moment. That's how um, that's how to navigate life. And then just like my mom said, just because you have a tantrum, just because you scream out, out, out in front of hundreds of people at a fancy recital, that doesn't mean that has to be the only thing you focus on. And, and it's what defines you and it, it's what becomes you for better or for worse, because oftentimes we attach to those problems and those definitions. And, and those are limits. Those are just limits. We're limitless. Yeah, pretty excited about that. So I'd, like I said, I'd love to hear from you. We're excited to, to do different things. Allison's story time was just something new to do. I'd love some stories from Eric. Mm, remember how you didn't want to marry me after I told you my stories? That's actually true. That's true. I don't know if we should share his stories on the internet. 
But shoot us an email, awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. I have a few people I want to interview and bring on, but I'd love to do what you guys think sounds awesome. If not, I'll just keep doing whatever I want. Eric, do you have a review for us? <laughs> yeah, this is from MHMTSBB. Okay. So, a great name. Uh, they say, I don't usually write reviews, but had to share how glad I am to have found this podcast. You recently started training for a direct sales company that I'm a part of. Ring bomb! They're so fun! At this point, it's a side hustle for some extra money, but that's not the important thing. It's just how I found you. I really feel like I found this podcast when it was definitely needed. I have started at your first episode and I'm working my way to current. So many of your episodes have spoken to me. I'm trying to work on myself and joined AOD to give me some more structured work as well as a community. Please keep doing what you are doing. And Eric is awesome. I love the music played. You are both so talented. Oh, and I care about your kids. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love that. So she when she talks about AOD, AOD, hey girl. That's my awesome on-demand uh, membership where I do live coaching every month and we have a different topic that we focus on for... May, our topic has been, I can do great things with ease. It's been such an amazing topic. I'm excited for June. Can't wait to see what it is when I decide. Um, So you can check that out. We'll put a link in the episode description. Thank you so much for that beautiful um, review. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your review so much. In fact, we're going to send you some goodies. So shoot us an email at awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. Hey, Life, guys, it's full of all sorts of things. You are living in your own reality. Remember that? It's the matrix. No, but but really, we were talking to our nine-year-old about that this morning, that there's different realities within all of our heads. I choose for my reality, a limitless reality, which I believe is for everyone, honestly. And um, in that reality, who you are right now in this moment is exactly enough. And not only should you just show up as you because you're going to feel good doing it, but the world needs exactly what you have to give in this moment. Nine-year-old Allison, 14-year-old Allison, she had different things to give in those moments. And um, they're not the same as what this Allison has, but all of them were needed and relevant for whatever moment it is. So don't wait until you get to some imaginary finish line. Show up because only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. What are you going to take us out on, sir? So this uh, song is called Ready for Change. It's from an older collection in at Pleasant Pictures Music Club, my stock music library. And this is from the collection Weekend Away. It's like uh, dreamy guitars, kind of like, you know, if you imagine yourself sitting on a, on a lake, just enjoying like, like some golden sun. So that's... that's I love uh, that. Yeah, so when you're making videos and you are ready for awesome music to make your stuff just really pop go to pleasantpictures.club right now for a limited time our whole library is 99 dollars. and then on top of that use code awesome with eric no don't do it it's too much it's too good of a deal oh oh, come on come on come on (laughs) no but really use code awesome with eric for 20 percent off this is called ready for change (laughs) 